0: Howdy everybody, this is David Sanchez, and this is episode 16 of the Riffs or Die podcast for January 14, 2021. How you doing out there? You guys have power? Metaphorically and literally? I just saw a story the other day that Pakistan was without power, no electricity in the entire country. The country has over 200 million people in it. So for those that think that it could never happen to the U.S. because we're just too big, I would say think again. I haven't seen any updates on whether or not Pakistan has power again, but I really hope that they do. Because if the power goes out for even, let's say, a week, imagine all the food that's going to be lost, all the food spoilage, meat, dairy stuff, anyone that's on uh, life support, they're gone, you can't travel because the gas stations don't work, can't communicate because you can't charge your phone, just a complete mess, scary shit, and it just happened to an entire country of over 200 million people, so hopefully we don't see any of that happen, but just know that it is completely possible. I hope that you guys get back on your feet ASAP, Pakistan. Sorry that happened. I don't know what caused it, but that is some seriously scary shit. A lot of you tuned in for the last episode where I had John Kevel, the singer of Warbringer, on here. Thanks a lot for tuning in for that one. I'll have some more guests coming on here very soon, sometime this month. So you guys can look forward to that. If you have any questions or comments about the show or any suggestions for people that I should try to get on here, you can hit me up at podcast at riffsordie.com. Shoot me an email there and uh, I'd love to hear from you. One big thing that I love getting from people is wisdom. Please email in the wisest thing that you've ever heard or a great phrase or saying that you know something that we can spread on this podcast and try to enlighten the world and make it a little bit brighter. Spread wisdom and spread knowledge. Shoot those emails to me at podcast at riffsordie.com. I look forward to seeing them. If you want to support the podcast beyond just listening to it, you can go to patreon.com slash and sign up as a Patreon subscriber. You'll get access to bonus episodes, the ability to get your hands on exclusive merchandise. We'll do uh, monthly Zoom hangouts. Live, you guys can ask me anything. And you get discounts on the web store, riffsordie.com. So again, if you want to sign up and subscribe to support the podcast, support this show and the content that I put out, please go to patreon.com slash riffsordie. Or if you don't want to sign up, but you want to support in some way, you can go to riffsordie.com and pick up some merch. There's a lot of cool stuff in that web store, and I will be adding to it sometime soon. That conversation that I had with Keeble was a really good time. And actually, when we were in the middle of the conversation, I completely forgot that we were even recording it. It was just like we were catching up. So it was very... uh shooting from the hip and largely not premeditated. Another thing that seemed largely <laughs> unpremeditated was that Capitol building shit. These people that broke into the Capitol building, totally wild. I know some people that were at the protest outside on the lawn of the Capitol and uh, they didn't know anything about the break-in Until they got home and saw the news. So just know the people that did that are not the same people that were at the protest. It's not like uh, everyone that was at the protest was calling for that to happen. There's a lot of uh, conflicting information out there about who exactly broke the windows out of the place, who stormed the thing. A lot of people say that there was Antifa members there. I don't fucking know what to believe anymore. We live in a post-truth era where uh, everyone just rushes to get a story out instead of getting the facts straight. And needless to say, propaganda is at an all-time high. So it's very hard to sift through the debris and figure out where the real facts lie. And a lot of people have commented on how it's so embarrassing for America that we're on the news and, uh, you know, this is such an embarrassment to our people and whatnot. But I think there's another aspect to the embarrassment that I don't really hear anyone talking about. A friend of mine brought this up and it's a really good point. More so than it being embarrassing as a reflection of the people in our country, I think it's completely embarrassing that we have the biggest most well-funded, and uh, most powerful military the world has ever seen. And this country is notorious for having militarized police. And somehow, people showed up to the Capitol building and just got right in. Countries that would wish to do America harm have to be looking at that and just like drooling, salivating over the idea of how fucking easy it would be to overthrow this country. With that being an example, that is the most embarrassing thing that nobody is talking about. A buddy of mine brought that up, and I think that angle is very fascinating. Countries that would love to uh, do America harm were probably watching that and just like jacking off at the thought of how easy it would be to storm the Capitol building and take it over. For fuck's sake, it was taken over by people that weren't even, like, wielding arms. That's another thing that I haven't really heard anyone talk about. The people that stormed the Capitol building, how lucky is it that they didn't show up exercising their Second Amendment right to the fullest degree? Could you imagine how much more quickly and how much easier it would have been for people that want to storm the Capitol building... If they all had guns and ammo on them. It could have gotten real, real, real fucking ugly. It could have been a complete bloodbath. Yes, people did die. And it's fucking so disgusting and disturbing. That people died on that day. But all things considered. It's a miracle that it wasn't way Gnarlier than that. If all those people showed up with AR 15s and pistols, it could have been super crazy. There is one thing that I think is a positive that came out of the whole situation, and that's the idea that, uh, you know, politicians in government all of a sudden were afraid of people, the people that they are, quote unquote, serving. But more like ruling over. I think it's good that politicians were scared. They should be. As Thomas Jefferson famously said, when the people fear the government, there is tyranny. When the government fears the people, there is liberty. And that idea was realized the other day. I do like that aspect to remind these people that they're not untouchable and that if you fuck with people hard enough for long enough, they just might stop bending over and taking it someday. A lot of the people that serve in Congress, I personally believe, should be held on trial for treason against this country. They sell out our country to other foreign governments. They sell out our country to big businesses. They sell out our country for personal profit. And these people, some of them have been in office for longer than I've been alive. They never vote to give themselves less money. They never vote to put term limits on themselves. Because these people don't want to go get real jobs. They'd rather be working in government, making a quarter million dollars a year, And having a level of political power that allows them to be a little mini dictator. They get to run the lives of thousands, if not millions of people. And they get off on that. It's really sick. I can't believe we don't have term limits. We need term limits for Congress. These same people cannot be in here for life. That's not how it should work. I don't see how that's any different from dictators that stay in for life only they're not the, quote, president. But some of these motherfuckers are essentially presidents of states, you know? Their cut of the pie is a little bit smaller, but they wield a shitload of power. And then they've been in there for 40 years, some of these people. You don't think they're corrupted? They are majorly corrupted, and they're completely out of touch with reality And the lives and strife Of regular people Because for decades they haven't been A quote regular person They've gotten to make decisions For millions of people And they make rules that they don't have to Themselves live by It's very disturbing And if you want to see Term limits put on people in Congress Like I do You should go and sign a petition Look up The Convention of States. The Convention of States is a petition to try to get term limits put on Congress. If you want to see term limits put on Congress, look up the Convention of States and sign that petition. I think about 3 million people have signed it so far. But that's not nearly enough. A lot of people say that we need term limits on Congress but don't know what to do. There is something you can do go to the Convention of States, and sign the petition. And I just looked it up. Not even 3 million people have signed this thing. 1.8 million. It needs a lot more signatures for it to be taken seriously. And uh, unfortunately, it's something that the news is not going to tell you about. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. These gigantic organizations who... uh, people largely get their information from are not going to tell you about this stuff. But I'm telling you, and it's a small thing that, you know, maybe we can do to uh, invoke a change on a federal level. Get term limits on Congress and limit the fiscal capabilities of the federal government. It's a small start, but you got to start somewhere. Convention of states. Go sign the petition. It's super easy. And speaking of the mainstream media and Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all these outlets, YouTube, things like this, they have proven very clearly time and time again, but uh, never in such a big way as recently, that they don't believe in the First Amendment. Freedom of speech, freedom of press. A lot of these big tech companies appear to be outwardly and openly against freedom of speech. Tons of people have been deplatformed, in my opinion, unjustifiably so. And I think that is a really dangerous game to start playing because the people that would want others to be silenced, you have to realize that eventually the people that do the silencing and the censoring and the cancellation are eventually going to come for you. I wrote a song about this called FPC. The song is all about censorship. The song starts with the phrase, they want to shut you up and put your mind in a cage. Dictate the words that you can use. Freedom of speech goes up in flames. When the censorship begins, they will come for you. Speaking your mind becomes a sin. Political correctness breaking through. With the suppression of ideas, everybody pays the price. Beware of this, because political correctness ends your rights. Once we start censoring people and telling them what they're allowed to and what they're not allowed to say, it's a really short step to complete tyrannical, fascist, dictatorship style of civilization. Once you start to ban and censor ideas, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, you might as well just fucking throw them all away. The notion that ideas should be banned is one of the most un-American things imaginable. We need freedom of expression, freedom of ideas, freedom of communication and speech and press So we can share ideas and move our society, move our entire species forward, not backwards. We don't need to be stuck in a fucking hole with a black box around our head with tunnel vision and any outside ideas that go against the mainstream, uh, you know, get shot out of the sky. That is completely bogus and a fucking horrible way to set up a society. He just turned the whole fucking thing into an echo chamber. And if the thing that's being parroted by everybody is not true, it's a lie. Well, too bad. You're, you're not allowing other ideas that are true and better ideas to make their way through this limited version of speech. Super dangerous. So yes, these giant companies are private companies and the, uh, Maximum liberty idea is that they can do whatever they like. They can operate their business however they want. And yes, we do have the freedom of choice to use their platforms and use their services or to turn away and not use their services, to not use these websites, to not use these apps. That choice is ours. But the maximum freedom way to look at this is their private businesses and they should be allowed to do whatever they want. These same people that would use this argument for them being able to censor and ban speech are the same people that would say, well, private businesses shouldn't be allowed to do whatever they want and operate as they see fit if they're a bar or a restaurant and they want to be open during this COVID pandemic. So which way is it? Can businesses operate as they see fit, or should there be intervention? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, they can do whatever they want. That's cool. But Jimmy's Pizza Shop down the road, fuck him. He has to stay closed for sure, because he's not allowed to do with his business what he wants. But it's cool for Twitter. It's cool for Facebook. But this uh, lady who owns a bar over here, fuck her, right? She's not allowed to run her business as she sees fit. What's more dangerous? COVID-19 or the removal of freedom of speech? That's a real good thing (laughs) that I myself am going to have to uh, stew over and meditate on. What's worse, COVID-19 or the complete obliteration of freedom of speech? Bars in most places have been closed. Venues have been closed. People are still getting coronavirus. It's not the bars and venues' faults. So all the mayors and all the governors that want to be little dictators and, uh, you know, rule over people and tell them what they can and can't do, these people are dangerous. These are the kinds of people that swear an oath to uphold the Constitution against enemies foreign and domestic, and then they turn around and become enemies of the people. Domestic enemies, which they swore to defend the people from. These people hold an illusion of power. You saw the other day when people storm the Capitol building that people have a lot more power than they think that they do. Yes, tear gas was used, the crowd was dispersed, but could you imagine if all the tens of thousands of people that were there were all armed and they all had the same goal in mind? Not just to be there and peacefully protest, but to actually storm the Capitol building and start making heads roll? The entire country could have been taken over by a, quote, well-armed militia in a day. Would have happened real quick. The people do have a lot of power. We're just constantly told that we don't have a lot of power. But when the people realize how powerful they are, things can change very quickly. And I'm not calling for the murder and decapitation of politicians, I'm not calling for violence. Before anything like that happens, people need to get on the fucking same page and realize. That we're all kind of on the same team. Political demagogues aside, and politics and political parties aside, at the end of the day, we have way more in common with each other than things that we have different from each other. Typically, we all want the same things. We all want clean food, clean water, a place to lay our head at night, family, friends, and health, and uh, to not be invaded by other countries. And we'd like to have the pursuit of happiness. We should be able to, you know, do whatever we like. As long as we're not infringing on the rights of others. We want to be happy, healthy, be loved, and to love. Most people want these same things. But the media, in most of its forms, is very good at getting us to squabble with each other and to see our neighbors as enemies instead of getting on the same page and connecting on vital things that really do unite all of us. That union of ideas and realization that we're all kind of in this together and we're all on a similar playing field, we all kind of want the same things, that realization needs to happen before people start storming Capitol buildings and wanting politicians' heads on platters. When an attempted coup happens like that And we're not all on the same page That's the kind of shit that triggers a civil war Because then one side thinks that That's the right thing to do The other side thinks that's not the right thing to do And then boom Everyone's fighting it with each other yet again Divide and conquer Sadly works It's a very simple tactic You would think that people would be Wising up to it by now but Divide and conquer still seems to work. It's very unfortunate, but it's very real. We need to get on the same page about some of our commonalities instead of being so obsessed with our differences. Not everybody who voted for a Democrat is a hippie. Not everybody that voted for a Republican is a racist. Jim Morrison was completely right when he said, who controls the media controls the mind. Way too many people are getting their fucking news from these gigantic entities that make more money when we're at war with each other. We have to stop this cycle. We need to break the conditioning. There are far too many people in this country and in this world that are just brainwashed and blindly follow things Without a good reason. And sadly, the things that they blindly follow are divisive things. Not good things. They're very negative things. We need to get people united. And I don't say that politically. I mean, like, just in general. We're so fucking divided, not even just on political ideas, but through all kinds of things. People look at each other as different races, different genders, different sexual preferences. Different ages, different classes, different nationalities, different genealogies, different education levels, different sports team fans, different music fans. We have materialists, minimalists, religious people, agnostics, atheists, nationalists, globalists. It goes on and on. But at the end of the day, we're all people. We're all just fucking human beings trying to cope with life and make it to the end of a day without blowing a gasket or making things more miserable for ourselves. Although our struggles are infinitely different and unique to all of us, we have so many common threads that are humongous, gigantic common threads. The things that make us different from each other are all small threads. But the ones that bind us together are humongous. Those are the ones we need to really pay more attention to. Whenever I'm filling out stuff at a doctor's office or a demographics survey or something like that, and they always ask race. Caucasian, African, Pacific Islander, Asian, Native American, blah, 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 blah. I always check the other box. And then there's a line there and you can say what it is. And they always put human. I'm a human being. There is only one race. The human race. I don't identify as my ethnicity. I'm all kinds of things. None of those things on that fucking little survey perfectly describe what I am. And I believe if you go back far enough, we are all related to each other. That's the funniest and goofiest thing to me about white supremacy. It's these people that are all gung-ho about their pride and their heritage and where they came from. Their bloodline. Like, dude, if you go back far enough, you're fucking black. What, do you, what are you talking about? <laughs> fucking idiot. We're all related. We're all related in so many ways. we really need to pay more attention to that. This last year has been hard on a lot of people. It's been very trying. And it doesn't help to have media and social media and advertisements and uh, you know all these different things coming into our earways, convincing us that our enemies are the people that are all around us, that we walk by on the street. Life is hard enough as it is. We don't need the added burden of... Hey, distrust and hate your neighbor. Your fellow man is a piece of shit because he didn't vote like you did. He doesn't have the same amount of melanin in his skin. Or Zimzer's skin or whatever the fuck. Oh boy, it's all just really silly. It, it's It's exhausting for me to watch as someone who watches news very occasionally just to get an idea of the propaganda that's being put out there. I don't watch it for all the facts. I watch uh, a little bit from column A, a little bit from column B, do some research on my own, poke around social media, poke around independent journalists' websites, click around YouTube, watch CNN, watch Fox News, and put all of that shit together and read between the lines and try to get an idea of... What is really going on? But I do frequent the mainstream media stuff just because I know that's what some people are watching and believing. I like to be aware of the propaganda that's out there. We really need to stop falling for it. It's a wild time that we live in, and it's really uh, interesting to see what's going on right now. The world is a crazy place and does not fail to entertain. The real world is an endless fountain of inspiration for Havoc lyrics (laughs) and uh, just all forms of art. There's a lot going on, a lot of moving pieces all at the same time. We need to get some positive connection back into the world. Maybe everybody should just eat some mushrooms. Just kidding. Not everybody. Mushrooms are not for everybody. Everybody. Here's my recommendation with mushrooms, psychedelic mushrooms. If you want to do it, I think you should. As long as you're not afraid of your own mind. If you're afraid of your own mind and you got some fucking demons in there, maybe psychedelic mushrooms is not the best idea. But if you're not afraid of your own mind and you want to do it, I think you definitely should. I had a conversation with a friend once and, uh, I mentioned to him like man I think everyone that wants to do mushrooms should definitely do mushrooms he looked at me and he went at least like 20 times (laughs) it wasn't just agreement it was uh, agreement and then taking it way further (laughs) but not bad advice Not saying that that's going to solve all your problems, but I think it can definitely yield some positive light in such a dark, trying time. Well, sorry if that got a little heavy there for a minute. We're living in crazy times. Some of this stuff needs to get vented out, and uh, I appreciate you letting me vent it out and having any interest in hearing what I have to say. Not everything I say is wise. Not everything I say is true. I'm trying to be wise and trying to be truthful to the best of my ability, but sometimes I'm wrong. Sometimes I do stupid things, say stupid things. Not always right. But thanks for bearing with me and grinding through that. I usually have a weekly music recommendation on this podcast. For this week, I'm going to recommend that you check out, if you haven't already, the last Children of Bodom record that came out was called Hexed. As we all know by now, Alexi Leho, lead guitar player, main songwriter, vocalist, founding member of Children of Bodom, has left this realm. We toured with Children of Bodom. That was back in 2016. We went out with Bodom. We were out with them, Megadeth and Suicidal Tendencies, we met up with Bodum before the Megadeth Tour started and played some shows with just them. And the Megadeth Tour had quite a few days off. A lot of those dates were filled by just Bodom and Havoc playing shows together. So we got to know those guys pretty well. And I'm just really, really sorry to hear the news. And uh, really just feeling for alexi's family and bandmates past and present it's pretty sad news the dude was only 41 years old and of course an incredible guitar player really really great guitar player and i don't really have any crazy stories about alexi from the road when we were touring he was um Trying to like stay out of party mode, so he was fairly reclusive, and didn't uh, you know really rage with us. But we did a tour in Europe once, and the tour ended in Helsinki, Finland, and we actually stayed at Bodum's rehearsal space slash warehouse compound where they recorded their last record, Hexed, and they let us crash there on the couches. And we had a great time hanging out with those guys. And I'll never forget that we needed to go to the airport to rent a car. So myself and Nick, bass player on Conformicide, and he had already known the Bodum guys from Mayhem Festival with Job for a Cowboy. But anyways, Nick and myself needed to go to the airport to get a rental car. And Alexi Leho drove us to the airport in his old like 70s muscle car. I can't remember exactly what kind of a car it was. I want to say it was like a Chevy Nova or something, but it was like a 1970s muscle car, super loud, super cool looking. It was in really good shape. And uh, he was super humble and just very chill and relaxed, smiling a lot, and (laughs) it was just a really cool experience to have this like metal... Shred God driving us to the airport in his super cool American muscle car <laughs> over there in Finland. So I'll never forget that. Rest in peace and power. Alexi. Their last record that they put out is really, really great. A lot of it sounds like old Bodom. There are some super sick riffs and solos and shredding and, uh, some really great metal songs on that record. I listened to it when it first came out and I loved it. And I just re-listened to it the day that I got the news. And um, yeah, it's just as enjoyable as the first time I heard it. Super killer record. That's my recommendation for the week. Go check out the last Children of Bodom record. So with that, let's dive into some of the emails for the week. Again, if you want to email me, Shoot them over to me at podcast at riffsordie.com. Let's do it. All right, this person wrote in, said, podcast question. Very, very unique and original email title. First email. This one says, the last couple of records before V had cover tunes on them. Does a band need to get permission from the publisher or band first? Do you have to pay them royalties? Well, when you do covers, as long as you don't change the melody of the song, you don't have to get permission from anyone, you can just cover the song. The big thing is, if you're going to record it and release it, you can't claim that you wrote the song. You still have to give credit to the original writers of the song. And then when the thing sells, there's two different royalties that happen when music sells. There's a publishing royalty, and there's a recording royalty. The publishing royalty, let's say on a Havoc cover, you know, we covered Pantera slaughtered on the conformicide sessions. So the publishing royalties go to Pantera and their publishing company because they wrote the song. They own the rights to the composition. And then the recording royalties, on the other hand, would actually go to Havoc because we made the actual recording that you're hearing. But there's a difference between a recording and a publishing royalty. Publishing is who wrote the thing. So often, like a big pop artist, if they have some giant hit that was written by somebody else, that writer that wrote the song makes all the publishing money, all the publishing royalties, where the pop artist that is doing the song and made the recording, they're making the recording royalties. And do we have to get permission from the publisher or the band first? Um, For anybody, no, you don't, as long as you're not changing the melody of the song. If you were to change the song around, yes, you'd probably have to get permission from the band or the publisher. And as far as paying royalties the band doesn't necessarily come out of our own pocket to pay the royalties. There are organizations that seek out and find royalty money for bands and, uh, the money for like, let's say the Pantera cover, the publishing money would automatically just go to Pantera's publishing company. It wouldn't first come to havoc and then we have to pay it out. It would just go straight to Pantera's publishing company whereas the recording royalties would get collected and sent to Havoc. So I hope that that kind of answers the question. That's a good question. Thanks a lot for sending that in. This second email here says, What's up, David? I love your work. Havoc's music really makes me think. I was wondering to pick your brain on the concept of the free market. I personally believe that people should be able to trade their goods and services freely, but largely disagree with the unethical practices and monopolies of big corporations. It'd be cool to hear your perspective. Much love from San Antonio, Texas. Well, I pretty much agree with what you say here, that um, people should be able to trade their goods and services freely as they please, but uh, that you say you largely disagree with the unethical practices and monopolies of big corporations. I'm in the same boat. A lot of things that are legal in business are unethical and somehow legal. And monopolies, we have laws against monopolies, but it seems in some regards there are still monopolies that make it through some loopholes somehow. The most disturbing thing about the free market is when there are gigantic companies that can basically starve out smaller businesses. Just to get rid of them You know, like uh, if Let's say you have an independent gas station And I'm some giant Shell Or BP or Texaco or whatever And you're selling your gas for two bucks a gallon So I move in next door Open up my own gas station And I have way deeper pockets than you So I decide to sell my gas For a dollar a gallon So everyone comes to my gas station across the street instead of going to yours because yours is a dollar more. And I just do that long enough to where you can't make a living anymore and you have to throw in the towel and you're just done. And then I would buy up your gas station and then raise the prices back up. That practice is a super old tactic and happened a shitload in the 1800s and early 1900s and still happens today. And that, I believe, is pretty unethical as well. And that's why today we see just giant corporations that have stores all over the place and and mom-and-pop shops, smaller, independently run and owned businesses, are going to the wayside because these big companies have enough money to uh, essentially elbow out the little guys. I'm not exactly sure how you fix that, but it is pretty grotesque and I don't like to see it. So, I mean, a small way that you can chip in to make sure that that kind of stuff doesn't happen is go support independent businesses, small businesses. You know, if you have the choice between Burger King and this small burger shop that you also really like, but it's a little more expensive, if you can afford it. Go support the little guy so that they can stick around and then that small business won't turn into another Burger King. Because <laughs> that's what's happening. We see the same chain stores everywhere. Go to any state. You even go to other countries and you see these same chain businesses all over the place. The whole world is becoming Little America and mom and pop shops are struggling, especially right now. And that's... Um, just another thing that's blowing my mind in these times. That small businesses have to be closed. Small shops and restaurants and stuff, they can't be open. But Costco and Walmart and Target, they're all good. They can be open, no problem. It's, uh, it's pretty wild. We're living in a crazy time. I'm just hanging out with my popcorn and watching to see what happens next. A lot of things that I never thought I would see are happening, and it's hard to put my finger on what's going to happen next, but guaranteed it's going to be interesting. And I forgot, one other thing that I think is very interesting about the free market and how it's kind of gotten greedily twisted into this weird thing where gigantic companies have all the power and they're virtually unchecked. Another thing that they do is they'll buy a patent to a really great idea that competes with their current business model and they'll buy the patent to this idea and just fucking throw it on the shelf. They'll buy the patent and just bury it. That's super scary. We could have some really great technology and inventions that we're all using today, but we don't have them because they got thrown on a shelf and just covered up. These companies buy patents to things and then just shelf them so that it'll never see the light of day. That's scary, and I'm not sure why that's completely legal. It's really fascinating to stop and think about all the suppressed technology that there's been over the last century, but centuries and millennia before this, a lot of things have been suppressed and buried It's very fascinating to think about all the technology and great ideas that have been kind of squashed. Something to ponder over. Anyways, thanks for the email. That's a good one. And it ties right into a lot of the stuff that I had said previously on this. All right, one last email. This one is called Wisdom. It says, A man you can trust with anything can take everything. Now, I looked up this quote, and I couldn't find anyone that it's attributed to. It looks like it's from a video game. A man you can trust with anything can take everything. And that quote is very, very similar to the sentiment that was left behind by, I believe, Thomas Jefferson. Let me look it up here real quick. It's going to be a little edit. I'll be right back. I'm going to look up this Jefferson quote that this quote reminds me of. All right, I'm back with some information here. I was actually wrong. I'm looking this up on Monticello.org, and Monticello is where Jefferson lived. The quotation that it has here, it says, A government big enough to give you everything you want is a government big enough to take away everything that you have which is very similar to this quote that was sent to me in the email. But it says that its earliest known appearance in print was in 1952. And it says here in the comments on Monticello.org that neither this quotation nor any of its variant forms has been found in the writings of Thomas Jefferson. It says that it appeared frequently in newspapers in the 50s, usually unattributed, And it was even used in political cartoons. It was copyrighted in 1957 by the General Features Corporation as part of a syndicated newspaper feature called Today's Chuckle. And it says that Gerald Ford had said it in a joint session of Congress on August 12, 1974. And it was attributed to Ford as early as 1954. It further states here in the article that this quotation was not attributed to Jefferson until relatively recently. It is sometimes followed by the course of history shows that as government grows, liberty decreases, which is most likely a misquotation of Jefferson's actual comment, quote, "The natural progress of things is for liberty to yield and government to gain ground." Very true. We give up our freedoms to let government become bigger and more powerful. So, I told you guys earlier that I'm not always right, and boom, there it is. Mic drop of my own ignorance and stupidity. Take that, me. (laughs) There we go. I just learned something we all learned together. Isn't that nice? Nevertheless, it's a good quote, and it has great sentiment, and it's completely true. This uh, misquotation that's attributed to Jefferson often is, a government big enough to give you everything you want is a government big enough to take away everything that you have. And it's much like this quote that was sent to me in the email that says, a man you can trust with anything can take everything. I see where it's coming from, and it's a great sentiment. Nothing wrong with that, whether it's in a video game or it's unattributed or it's from Gerald Ford or a political cartoon or whatever. It is still logically sound. Thanks a lot for writing in. I really love when you guys send me these uh, pieces of wisdom, these quotes, sayings, and phrases that you heard or read in a book, or, you know, got from your grandparents or your parents or your friend or whatever, write those into me. Keep them coming at podcast at riffsordie.com. I'm always open to be emailed. And that's it for this episode. If you guys made it this far, you are a champion of the universe. And I really appreciate your support and your attention and your ears for the moment. Much preach. Again, if you want to sign up to get a hold of some bonus episodes, discounts on the web store, rare merchandise, handwritten lyrics, Zoom hangouts, and all that stuff, go to patreon.com slash Die and sign up. And again, if you don't want to do that, you can still support by going to Die.com and picking up some merch. Thank you all very, very much. For your attention and your ears. I really appreciate it. I'm going to have some of the other dudes from Havoc coming on here soon. So look forward to those. And try to leave the world a little nicer than the way you found it. And we'll all be alright. Don't believe all the BS they're trying to peddle you and sell you on. You are powerful. More powerful than you know. And you have a lot in common with your neighbors. So you can rest easy knowing that. We all share a common thread, common bond, and our commonalities are much bigger and more overlying than our differences. So take that with you. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Put that in your vaporizer and suck it in and then blow out a sweet-ass cloud, bruh. All right, I got to go. I'll talk to you guys next week. Take care, everybody.